baptismal service, I believe you have the pool filled up, and uh, communion, and foot washing. How many people in here ever was at a foot washing? Let's see your hands. Oh, my, look at the Baptist that's in here this morning. <laughs> you know, they say the foot wash Baptist. And uh, uh, saying, oh, when I used to go to foot wash Baptist, you only wash one feet. Just one foot. And now here we wash both feet. <laughs> a double blessing, you see. <laughs> Have two blessings in one. If it's a blessing to wash one foot, you ought to try both one time. The foot wash Baptist. Well, it depends on what kind of service we have this morning. <laughs> right, we don't know just what it will be tonight because we... Uh, how the service is this morning. Uh, kind of tired. We just come from Mexico where I had one of the most marvelous meetings we've ever had. And I know many of you are interested to hear of it. So uh, well, we was down there for three nights, had three nights of service, and the, our blessed Redeemer certainly did do the exceeding the last night, we had 20,000 people that had never come to Christ in any manner receive Jesus as personal Savior at one time. 20,000 at one time. A resurrection of a little baby had died in its mother's arms while standing on the ground, and the doctor had said the day before it was going to die, and she had brought it to the meeting to be prayed for, and the people were standing like they are around here. Now, you think it's pretty bad here for we Americans to have to stand an hour, but they would come in sometimes at 6 o'clock at morning and stand till 11 that night. And they were so jammed together till they estimated how much ground we had for them to stand on, and they were standing six people every three square feet. Six people just standing jammed together, leaning against each other. I said it reminded me of sheep. You know, when the heat of the day is on, the sheep all get together. And they stand against another, and they make shade for each other, and they support each other. So that's the way the sheep of God should do, kind of stand together, close places, and support one another with our faith. Now, every person in your own way of praying, whichever way you pray at your church, you pray this morning. And we are going to read some of God's Word, and because of those who are standing as we come up, they're just turning the people away and away. And said they've been turned away for quite a long time. So now we're going to be real quick and speak on the Word so you can have a ground for faith. And then after that, then we're going to pray for the sick uh, the way the Lord will. I've been wanting to have our first opening service to take the people the way the vision had just showed. But I don't know where I'm going to be able to do that or not. The rooms are jammed full in there to get them away from the public. Trust that you will try to hold on just for a little while and pray. Now, the first thing I believe that all doctrine must come from God's eternal blessed Word. For faith cannot rest upon the shifting sands of theology of man. It must be based upon the unmovable rock of God's Word. Therefore, a person can... Rest assured that if God has said it, God will perform what he said. In the message this morning, we were talking on how that God, before 
perhaps 10,000 years before there's ever a world, Jesus Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. God spoke it, and that said it. As long as God speaks it, that makes it right. And in God's mind, when he speaks the word, it's already confirmed in heaven. That's how perfect it is up there. So how much ought we mortals who have been redeemed by his grace trust his word? If his word said so, that settles it. Now, first, the word, the Bible said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, before it could be a word, it had to be a thought, because a word is a thought expressed. And God, when he seen that the enemy of this world had, was going to do what he did, God thought how he would stand a great plan of redemption. And when he thought it, then he spoke it, and it was as good as done right then. And thousands of years later came the Lord Jesus Christ and died for sins and rose again some 1,900 years ago this morning for our justification, setting up his right hand now as a high priest making intercession upon our confession. It's already finished. And any word that comes out of God's Bible, you can rest your soul upon it. That's the reason down in Mexico, the most of the people down there are Catholic. And being interviewed by Catholic man. He said, Brother Branham, do you believe that, that our saints can perform miracles? I said, if they're living, not dead. And he said, well, he said, um, well, you, I said, I, he said, what church are you with? I said, the church of the Lord Jesus. And he said, what denomination is it? And I said, it isn't a denomination. It's the body of Christ by one spirit. We all come together to believe. And in there, no matter what the man thinks, it's his personal faith in Christ. He said, of course, that Bible was the ancient history of the Catholic Church. And I said, well, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I have, I read many histories, and I don't see where the Catholic Church ever come into existence for 300 years and something after the death of the last apostle. But however, I, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say it was. Then you can call me a Catholic of the old type, because I believe the Bible. <laughs> That's right. All right. And I believe that every word can never be changed if God has once spoken in it forever the truth. See? See, you and I keep learning more wisdom. You know more now than you did a few years ago. A little girl sitting here. Now, she's just a child. Her parents have to lead her. After a while, she grew up, and probably in her day, she progresses. She might be smarter than her mother is now. See, or she keeps progressing. But God is infant. He can't change. Yes, he, he was. He was perfect to begin with. He'll be the same at the end. He Amen. he can't change. So whatever his attitude was towards anything in the Bible, it has to be the same now, or he did wrong the way he acted then. See, so he's got to never change. So before we open up his word. Let us speak to the one who wrote it, the Lord Jesus, while we bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, today is one of the greatest days of the, on the history of the Christian calendar. 
It's the day of the resurrection. We pray, Heavenly Father, that he who is alive today and alive forevermore will visit with us in these next few moments of speaking and praying for those poor people who are sick and needy today. I humbly ask that you forgive us all of our sins and trespasses. We do wrong. We realize that because we're living in a wrong world with wrong motives, wrong spirits, wrong emotions. But, Father, thou knowest all these things, so we are so thankful that we have Jesus who sets it to the right hand of the majesty to make intercessions upon our confession that we are wrong, and he promised to forgive us, and we believe it and trust him. Get glory out of the service today. Circumcise every heart to hear the word and the lips to speak it, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. In the book of the Ephesians, I wish to read these words. I just love to read God's Word. Wherefore, the book, first chapter, beginning with the second, fifteenth verse. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love with all the saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of the calling and what is the richest of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he has wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might, dominion, and every name, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and given to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And then over in the Gospels of St. Mark, or Luke rather, beginning about the 25th verse, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all things the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village where they went. And he made as though he would have gone farther. What? They constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and tarried with them. 
And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. May the Lord add his blessings to his word. Enough scripture has been read till it would take us weeks and months to even halfway go to the context of this text. But my subject this morning, our text is the mighty conqueror. And now we begin where we left off of the resurrection where it proved what he was. There's many men who can make statements. There's been many philosophers in the world, Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, many other great philosophers. They've all made statements that they were great people, but death settled the question forever with them. But never has there been a man outside of Christ who said, I have power to lay my life down and to take it up again, and could prove it. That's the one beautiful thought of Christianity even today. That as we speak of the gospel, we do not have to take a hearsay or a historical thing about it because it can be proven right here this morning that Jesus Christ lives and reigns and is raised from the dead and is alive forevermore. After 2,000 years, he's just as present as he was when he was walking in Galilee with his disciples, doing the same thing, performing the same miracles, showing the same mercy, preaching the same gospel. He is not dead, but alive forevermore. What happy hearts that ought to make Christian be today to know that it's not some curious philosophy that we're understanding, but it is the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And as the great Saint Paul said in his days, being the only educated one among the disciples, he said, I didn't come to you with the excellency of word or with the speech of man that your faith would be trusting in such things, but that I come to you with the power and demonstrations of the Holy Ghost that your, that your uh, faith would rest in God, something to that order. How we love that. And to know that the same thing that Paul preached in the days after the resurrection of Christ is just the same today and can be proven right here now in fallible proofs that Jesus is alive today. What a marvelous day it must have been for Cleopius and his friends. It was a beautiful Easter morning, the first Easter morning, broken-hearted as they went along the road. The Bible said they were ignorant and unlearned men, his apostles were. They might not have known much about botany. They might not have known much about um, uh, mathematics or or algebra, or anything of that sort, of our modern education. They might not have known much about that, but they know Him. And that's the main thing. To know Him is life. Remember that Christian friend and sinner friend. To know Christ is life. Many people go and they learn a catechism. They think that's life. Many people go and learn the Bible. They think that's life. Many people know the doctrine of their church. They think that's life. All those things are good, but to know Him personally as your personal individual Savior, that is life and that alone, to know Him. 
It's good to know your catechism. It's good to know your books. It's good to know your doctrine of your church. But all of that is the sideline. But to know him is to know life. And to, to have life is to know him. For he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation but pass from death unto life. Jesus made those statements. And those are words that after there's no more moon and stars, those still um, words will still be in effect. And just as powerful as it was the day that he spoke them. His words cannot fail. Now, if you will listen closely. On this Easter morning, as they went along, they were brokenhearted. The man that they had trusted in, the one that they thought was going to be the Savior of Israel, the one that they had trusted to be the coming king, had been miserably mistreated, dead, crucified, buried, and a seal put up on his grave with the garrison of a Roman garrison to ever touch it, or the penalty of all Rome resting in it. And if any man would break that seal, they'd be put to death immediately. Mary, his beloved mother, though she stood in steam, stripped down naked before the people, beaten to a pop, bones in his hands parted by the cruel Roman nails, and all these things, and disgrace, and heard him screaming for mercy as he died, thinking surely that no man of that caliber could ever die such a death. But God works all things together for the good. He had to bring him that, as I said this morning. How would you have confidence in your loved ones ever raising from the dead? If, the, if we only had Enoch who was translated, Elijah who went home to heaven in a chariot, if we only had them, we'd be miserable. But this man died. He died until the sun knew he was dead. He died until the moon and stars knew he was dead. He died until everything in earth and heaven knew he was dead. That he might die the death of every mortal that ever lived. Because he died is because we live. He died. He was mistreated. He came into the world by the way of a barn. No place to lay his head when he come on earth. And he was so rejected by the people, he didn't have a place to die. The earth refused him. And heavens couldn't have him because he was coming a sinner. Not with own sin, but with our sins upon him. He is bearing the sins of the world upon him, so he was rejected in heaven. And the earth didn't want him, and they had to lift him up between heavens and earth and let him die outside of heaven and outside of the earth. What a Savior. How could you turn down such a person as that? For modern theology or for the persons of people, when you know that you've got to stand in his presence in that day of judgment and give an account for your life. God won't hold you responsible for being a sinner. He'll hold you responsible for rejecting the way out. You can't help being a sinner. You were born, your nature is a sinner. But you can help it. Jesus made the way for you. And there he was after seeing all of that. And surely how could a person thought Mary that not knowing a man, I was packing water one day from the well and the Holy Ghost spoke to me in a big light and said, that holy thing which shall be born to thee shall be called the Son of God. How could God ever permit to see his own child hanging there, suffering, bleeding, twisting, dying? 
How could it be? They were looking at any time for him to turn from the cross, pull his hands loose, and triumph over the enemies. But they didn't realize that if he did that, then we'd be left sinners this morning. He had to do that. They paid him the greatest compliment than Pharisees did that, that crucified him. They paid him the greatest compliment he was ever paid. When they said he saved others but himself, he cannot save. They didn't realize that if he saved himself, he couldn't save others. He had to give himself in order to save others. And it was a complimentary to him, them not knowing it. They were guilty of putting him to death. But on Easter morning, when God proved above a shadow of doubt that something more than a philosopher died, something more than a prophet died, man today in modern theology tried to make him preach in the social gospel as just a philosopher or a good man or a fine scholar or a teacher. He was more than that. He was God himself made flesh among us. He was divine. His blood did not come from any mortal man, but it come from the creative power of Jehovah God, his Father. And he was divine. And he proved it when he broke the seals of death and rose on the third day. Here was many of the disciples all disheartened. Many things that come up in life just like we get ourselves. Along this journey, they were on the road home going over to Emmaus, Cleopius and his companions walking along the road and how little did they know on this beautiful first Easter morning that Jesus Christ was alive and among the people. They thought he was dead. And as they did then, so is it now. Many people who really love Jesus fail to understand that he's right with us, living, resurrected here among us. They teach it as a historical affair of something, and it is a history. The Bible's not only a history, but it's a prophet also. He's not only dead, but he raised again. He died truly, but he rose again from the dead. And there's many fine Christian people this morning who belong to fine churches who doesn't realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and is alive among us today with the same powers, the same principles, the same acts that he did when he was here on earth. Little do people know that. And as they journeyed along on their way down to Emmaus, about a Sabbath day's journey, about a couple of miles, I guess, on their road down, walking along the side of the road, they were speaking of his death. I want you to notice. Just when they were speaking, oh, why could it ever happen? How could it ever happen to us? We've left our church now to follow this man who we thought surely would be the while we seen him raised Lazarus from the grave after he'd been dead four days. And how could a man that could raise a dead man from the grave ever die? But God works in his own way. He just just like a seed goes into the ground and dies and brings forth again. Except the corn of wheat falls into the ground and abides alone, says the Bible. So they was wondering. But while they were thinking on him, he appeared to them. And that's the way he usually comes to us. When you usually find your greatest blessing, you housewives, when the children's all gone to school and you're out by yourself washing the dishes or something. When you're running the sweeper on the floor or something. When do you, man, when you're sitting eating your lunch maybe by yourself and reading the Bible on the side, 
somewhere where you're on your road going home in this car and you're meditating on If we would let the thoughts of our heart and the meditations of our mind be upon Him, He would appear often to us. Amen. But the trouble we're thinking about where we're going to make the next dollar and what we're going to do here, how this is going to be. Jesus said all these things will be taken care of, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. But as they went along on the road that morning, I can just see them. Oh, my, the greatest blow that ever happened to them. Here they was on the road. They left the church excommunicated, far following They thought surely he would do something triumph there at the grave. Then they were taken from their church. They couldn't return to church anymore. And they'd be branded, mocked at, laughed at, made fun of. That's the way a man does when he really sells out for Christ. He has to cut every shoreline to walk alone with Christ him on. And men and women of this world who's ever mounted to anything are men and women who have predominantly taken Christ for their Savior and stood alone in their decisions. It'll be the same way with every man here this morning or every woman, boy or girl. If you ever wish to mount anything, go farther with God. Don't trust your church. Don't trust your preacher, your rabbi, your priest, but stand alone in Christ Jesus. It's the only way you can do it. Don't, if you're here to be prayed for this morning, to be healed, don't say, oh, if I can get to the, up there to be prayed for, if Brother Branham can pray for me, somebody else do this there, put your trust alone in him. Amen. And there, know he raised from the dead and made the infallible promise, and it can never fail. God's word. You see it? Notice. And as they went along thinking, he appeared to them and walked with them, and they didn't recognize him. Well, there's been many times God's walked right with you, and you didn't recognize him. Who kept you from that wreck the other day? Who did this? Who, who was it out there at the hospital when the doctor said, Well, there ain't hardly anything more I can do, and you got well. Who did that? Where did it come from? You didn't recognize it, but it was his grace. It was he that did this thing for you. A little lady may be present now. I don't know. She lives just across the street there. She should be present if she can get in, unless she's given some outsider her place. Mrs. Reese, I remember the time that when I went down there at the corner when Mr. Andrews lived next door to me across the street. And that man laughed at me on the corner when I went that night when she was laying there right across the street here on the corner. That's where she lived when she was in sickness and she'd been taken from up here on Silver Crest to die with TB. And her lungs were all congested up when Miss Grace Weber, right second door here, first door above the church, was healed with TB. Right at the same time, I believe I see the sister sitting here with, he was cancer, wasn't nothing but a skeleton when the doctor turned her down. A miss was sitting here with a pink flower on you, what, a uh, weaver, is that right? Yes, yeah, several years ago, cancer went all through her, eating her up, healed with cancer because the Lord showed a vision down her house and said, Thus saith the Lord. You'll not die. I baptized her here in this pool of water when I had to hold her, her arms up over that big around. Here she is alive yet today, and that's been years ago. 
How many more can I say in here the deaf, dumb, blind, cancer-eating and so forth that God has healed because God made the promise? That night while praying for the lady over on the corner, the Holy Ghost came down. She had her little children around her and her husband was sitting there and the Holy Spirit said, Thus saith the Lord, she's going to be made well. The next morning, Mr. Andrews, a perfect infidel, met me at the corner and shamed me. He said, Preacher, aren't you ashamed of yourself? I had an old pair of ragged overhauls coming from the store to get some buns for breakfast. And he was going over and he said, Shame on you. Would deceive that family like that. A poor little mother laying there with those children dying. And you're telling her under a falsehood that she was going to be allowed. I said, Sir, I never told her that God said that and his words are true. Said, shame on you. There's no such a thing as God. Only you're a mental work up in emotions. Oh, my. A few days after that, when his wife was stricken at the hospital here, you know the story, most of you. And he had to come to me and he go pray for a very renowned Christian woman. I said, Sister, laying my wife, which is here somewhere, she got in the building this morning. And we went to see her, and there she was, swollen, didn't even know nothing. The doctors of Louisville said that a great blood clot would run to her heart and she'd be dead. And it said, Any minute. And he come with his hat pulled down, crying. He said, Preacher, I've been an unbeliever, but if God can help my wife. He said, That woman that you said that about stuff were doing her housework. I said, Sure. She lives yet today, and that's been eight or ten years ago, and she's still living. And the woman said, As you come across this common to crying, he said, Will you go pray for her? I said, Yes, sir. But I want you to pray here first and let him see. We went out to the hospital, and there she was laying there, dying, all swelled up, her lips turned inside out, like that. And my wife loved her. And we knelt down. She was a, a church, member of the Christian church in Virginia. And we went and knelt and prayed for her. And when we was praying, a vision come over. I see myself sitting, lean back on that porch right there, eating a big apple pie like this in my hand, for she was a famous cook. I raised up, and I said, Honey, thus the Lord. She's going to live. And when she did, in our two hours, some man, they had to call the specialist from Louisville. All the water had passed from her and everything else. And the specialist said, somebody's been here besides the doctor. What was it? Christ! She lived. Two weeks after that, I passed the man on the same corner. I'm looking at the tree right now. He stopped there. I said, Mr. Andrews, we... Met here before, he said, yes, we have, preacher. He was a scientist, a botanist. And I said, what do you think about it now? He looked over that big tree that I'm looking at. He said, preacher, build me a tree. <laughs> oh, it can't be done. But because God, because Christ raised from the dead. That's it. He's with us. Mrs. Reese, if she's present. She was telling me here recently her and her daughter was over the river and this poor old woman begging on the corner. She had a dime to get back home. So she passed by and the Holy Ghost said to her, go back and give that poor old woman that dime. Well, she said, it's all I got to cross the river. He said, I'm the Lord. Amen. She went back and said, sister, forgive me. Put her arms around her and said, the Lord told me to come back and give, her, give you this dime. Her mother said, Mother, how are we going to get home? She said, that's up to God. We can walk the bridge, maybe. And when he turned around and walked about a half a city block from there, just before they come to the station, to where they was to get on at, her daughter said, looky here, Mother, here lays the dime on the street. What was it? Christ! 
He's with you many times, and you don't know it. That's him. Just follow the way he leads you. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him all the way. Though through valleys dark and shadowy, he'll be with me every day. Try. And as he moved down Cleopas and them, watch. When Christ began to speak, he never went off on some kind of a tantrum. He never went off on some kind of theology. He opened up the scriptures. That's the way he does it yet today. And he began, he said, Oh, foolish of heart. So why are you so sad about that? They said, Are you just a stranger, sir? All men looked alike. He didn't dress like a rabbi or priest. He dressed like an ordinary man. So when he, he walked among them, they'd been with him for three years and a half, and they still didn't recognize him. He said, well, he said, why are you so slow of heart? He said, well, are you a stranger? He said, don't you know that Jesus of Nazareth, who we expected to be the king, has been killed and buried, and this is the third day? He said, and now we had some women come to us this morning. He said, they've seen a vision of some angels, and we just considered it not... So all these things are going around Jerusalem like it is. He said, why are you so slow for the heart? Why are you so foolish? Didn't you believe the prophets? Oh, my. <laughs> Can't you believe the word? So don't you know that all the prophets said that Christ must suffer first and then enter into his glory? And he began with Moses. That's Genesis. And explained to them as they walked along the road all the precepts of the Old Testament. What was to take place? Wouldn't you like to have been in company there that morning? But you are this morning. He's just as alive today as he was then. He said, I am he who was dead and is alive forevermore. And because I live, ye shall live also. You're not only is he here alive, but you're alive with him. This great hope that you have within your heart makes you alive. Believing death itself has nothing that can shatter that beautiful hope that rests under in Christ Jesus the ever believer. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, he said. Oh, and he went to the grave of Lazarus. These words were spoken in St. John 11. Now... As he walked along, and after a while he made out like he was going to go on a past the little place. You know, sometimes he does that. Have you ever thought of that mother, you in the wheelchair? It looked like he's just going to pass you by. You ever think of it, brother, sister? You people out there that's turned down today by cancer? The doctors turned you down, nothing they can do? You that say, well, if that woman sitting there was just a shadow and the best of doctors and the cancer was in the uterus first, wasn't it, sister? Went into the spine and even the holes was eat through her intestinal tracts and things. How could she live? That's what her doctor said to me. How can she live? I said, because he lives. That's why. It isn't for me to question. It's for me to believe it. Right. That thus saith the Lord, sister, I've never been in your place, but there's a little chicken house back here. In three days, you'll visit it. She did. That's right. She's here yet this morning because he lives. He made out like he's going to let her die. When I come to her house, she said, Preacher, 
I'm not worthy that a minister would come into my house. I'm a sinner. I said, that's what Jesus died for, for you sinners. His reputation's made where sinners are. That's right. His reputation's not hurt by sinners. It's made by sinners. It's self-righteous is where he's hurt. That's right. That you won't humble yourself to him. Notice. And he made like he would pass by. Dad, you have the heart trouble. Mother, you have the cancer. It's going to die. You know you've got to die. Maybe you say, well, I've been a Christian all my life, Brother Brandon. Why would it happen? I've asked him, but maybe he just made like he's going to go by. <laughs> That's what he done to Cleopas and them. He said, made out like he knew it all the time he was going in. He knew it all the time he was going with him. So he said, they act like he's going on by. And they constrained him. <laughs> Come in. We love you. That's the way. Come in and abide with us. Can you do that today? Can the Methodists do that? The Baptists, the Presbyterians, the Nazarenes, the Pilgrim Holiness, the Catholics, the Lutherans? Can you do that? Regardless of what church says, come in and abide with me. This is resurrection morning. Come and abide with us. He's never asked. Unless you receive. He said, ask and you shall receive. Knock. It'll be open. Seek and you shall find. For everyone that seeketh findeth, to him that knocketh it shall be open. Try. Ask and you shall receive. No, maybe you will. You will receive. And they asked him, come in with us. He turned. Come back. Walked into the little hut. It might have been a little adobe on the side of the road, as many of the Syrian countries there have those little adobes, made up with mud and so forth, thick, poor. Why would the king of glory ever stoop to come into a place like that? But there's never a place too, too little. There's never a church too small. There's never a person too rejected by the world. There's never a woman too fallen. There's never a man too drunk. But he'll come when he's asked. Certainly ask him and find out. May I say this, leaving it for last. There's never a person who's too sick. Never a person who's too far gone. Ask, and you shall receive. Let me come in and make my abode with you. I'd like to talk to you a few minutes. And they invited him. He came in. And when once inside and the doors of the world shut out, alone with Jesus, there you are. If he can only get you to yourself once. If he can only get you away from the crowd, the pleasure-seeking crowd. If he can only get you away from the doubters that says the days of miracles is past. If he can ever get you away from the people that says there's no more feeling of religion. The heartfelt religion that our fathers bled on the battlefield for, there's nothing to it. If he can ever get you alone one time and you're all your ideas shut outside. If he can ever get a group of people together like that, that would be a repeat of Pentecost. He could ever get a church like that. There'd be a revival that would sweep the nation. 
get alone with him. While he was alone, the door shut, the world outside. He picked up some bread, and he broke it. And just the way he'd done it, they knew it had to be him. Their eyes were open. They'd talk to him all day. They'd fellowship. They'd heard him preach along the road through the journey of the heat of the day. But when once alone, he made himself known to them and their eyes come open. Oh, if he could only get this group of people at this hour. If he could only get you to a place alone where you wouldn't notice, say, I'm sitting by a Methodist this morning and I'm a Baptist. Hey, you mustn't do that. You must shut the world out. Shut the other people out. You must walk alone with Christ. If he ever gets you alone, then your eyes come and say, why, well, was him all the time. Then he'll do something here this morning, the way he used to do it, and the way he does it today. For he has to do the same thing today that he did then, act on the same principles, or he isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he did wrong when he acted there. If Christ in the... Here it is! Yes! Christ at the first resurrection and made himself known to these apostles by something that he did when he was here on earth to prove to them that he was risen from the dead and it was he. He's under the same obligations to move this morning in this tabernacle. To do things here in this church this morning that he did when he was here on earth in the same manner. He's obligated the same way to act when the same crisis arrives. Now, for another few moments, if you stand it, I want to say, come to my other scripture. Quickly. He is arisen from the dead. The highest of heaven became the lowest of the earth. He passed through a city, Jericho, the lowest city in the world. And the littlest man in the city had to look down to see him. That's right. How low did he come? Did you ever think of it? He becomes me that I through grace might become him. He becomes sin, knowing no sin, that I by sin might be righteous in the sight of God. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for you, sinner friend, this morning. How could you turn him down? Now, notice. Now that was his, his earthly work was finished. At the resurrection, he proved everything he said. Now he's got another work to do that the world knows little about. That's right. His next work in his ascension. We want to speak on that for a moment. After he's risen from the dead, after he's already here on earth and proving himself alive by infallible proofs that he's doing the same things that he did when he was here in flesh. And here he is walking, breaking bread, and eating with them. Oh, the same Jesus. He's proved it. Now the ascension comes. Now the time comes. Did you ever know? The Bible said that he ascended up on high. Far above every, ever through ever heaven. This earth belonged to the devil. Through the fall, this earth was given to the devil. Every kingdom of this world is governed by the devil. We hate to think that, but the Bible says it is. That, that's the reason we have wars and shooting and fighting and trouble. is because the kingdoms of this world is the kingdoms of the devil. The Bible said so, and in the great millennium, which is to come... The Bible said, Rejoice, all you heavens, and you holy prophets of the earth, 
For the kingdoms of this earth have become the kingdoms of our Lord, and, and he, he shall rule and reign forever. Now, they will become. We'll have no more war then when he comes. No more sickness. No more trouble. Now notice, when he had died, there's so little spoke of this ascension. It's one of the greatest days when he ascended up. Calls all over the earth since the day in the Garden of Eden that sin was committed, all heavens were shut off from mankind. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Right. Why art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer? No man could see in the glory. No man could understand because the power is just above it. Heaven means atmosphere above. And then all these powers are shut off from mankind because of sin. But when he had died and had rose again and come up, he, the Bible said, no one has ascended up but he that came down first. When he was in heaven, he was the Logos that went out of God in the beginning. And he came down on earth and was not to be made an angel. He came down on earth and took the form of a bondsman. Not an angel. Not come down in the great Jehovah glory. But he came down as a man. To redeem man. To die for man. To die for as a man. He never died as God. He died as a man. The sin of man was up on the son of man. And he had to become a man in order to pay the penalty. What did he do? The Bible said he was made a little lower than the angels in order for death, that he might take away and abolish sin and take away sickness from the world. Now, when he came down from the highest, Logos, from God, he came down through angels and came down and was made a man. And he said, I am not even a man. I am a worm and no man. For he was despised and rejected. There was no beauty we should desire him. He was marred above every man. He was probably a little skinny, spindly looking fellow. Didn't look like a king. Many times that people judge people by the way they dress or by their statue. Man is not judged by how big he is and how strong his muscles. Man's judged by character. And character alone. I've seen men that weigh 200 pounds and didn't have an ounce of man about them. Man is judged by character. What he is in his heart. And Christ was not judged by physical strength, but he was judged by character. Never a man ever lived like him. Or never a man could ever die like him. Never a man could ascend up on high like him. Because he was God. I am no man. He made of himself no reputation. Did you ever think the man that made an artificial eye made a reputation? The man that made false teeth made a reputation. The man that made a wooden arm made a reputation for himself. But the man who made the original eye, the man who made the original arm, made of himself no reputation, but become a servant, a bondsman, unto the man who were sinners, that he might win them back. How could a man in his right mind know the gospel truth of that and reject the man? Reject that offer God has given to save the man from a life of sin. How can he do it? I just can't understand it. How that you could reject such a one when he's not here to make anything 
that you have to do for him by just offering you a way of escape from the things that you're going to and became that for you. When he did, when he was dying out of Calvary, everything had rejected him. They'd spit on him. His, his face was full of mockery spit. He had a rag around his eyes and hit him on the head and said, Your prophet, tell us who hit you. A little woman ran into the midst of him and said, What has he done but heal your sick and raise your dead and done good? They smacked her in the mouth and said, Would you listen to that woman instead of your priest? Away with such a person. And his own dear mother walking in his bloody footprints. God, let me walk the same way as he went down to Calvary. Down in her heart was a wandering. When she seen her darling child die under a man 33 years old and looked like 50, the Bible said, of his stream and worry, probably turning gray, and the grim look on his face over he was suffering, not so much physically, but as it was agony. The Bible said that his blood and water separated from each other, and any doctor or anything can tell you that knows the chemistry of blood that only sorrow will do that. He never died from a Roman spear, neither did he die from a nail drove in his hand or his feet, but he died of a broken heart being rejected. Amen. He came to his own, his own received him up. He said, Brother Branham, I wish I could have stood down that day at Calvary. Brother, you're standing in a better place today. You're standing in the presence of a resurrected Lord Jesus who has proved himself triumph. Look at him as he stands there. And after he rose from the dead, then... We notice here that as he went on then, as he talked with his disciples, the Bible said he ascended up on high. What did he do? He took the, he was here come down below God from heaven. When he went back, he took with him the high priest being a high priest anointed with the torch light of his own blood. When he went down to all these powers here that accused what let God and man fellowship. It had been broken the Garden of Eden. Sin done the thing. Satan had a, the domain of this earth was Satan's. It belonged to the devil. But when he comes the anointed high priest, as the high priest Aaron went in to the holies of holies behind the veil, anointed with the precious anointing oil, walking a certain way, playing holy, holy to the Lord, as he walked in as a type of Christ with the blood of the Lamb before him, and if he went any other way, he would die. Christ with his own blood as a high priest anointed with the power of God, raised from the dead and hey. poured down the dominion of Satan as he broke the domains. He went to heaven beyond heavens. And he was to come to the lowest on earth and was seized up in heaven and God set him on a pinnacle until he has to look down to see heaven. Amen. Oh, wonder he's the mighty conqueror. As he stands under today, in the domain forever and ever. Isaiah said unto us, the son is born, unto us a child is given, and his name shall be called Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And of his domain there shall be no end. Forever and ever he'll reign on the throne of David. Seated in the heavens, the heavens far above. Every angel, archangel, every principality and power he tore down and spoiled at his crucifixion and resurrection. Everything Satan had. He broke through the veil of sin. He tore it apart with the high priest's blood of his own body. He come to the next, what was it? It was a veil of sickness that held over people. He tore it apart, for he was wounded for our transgression. With his stripes we were healed. He went through the, 
great veil down there of sickness, the great veil of sin. He went through the great veil of worry. He went through the great veil of fear. He tore every one of them down and ascended so high and received the name above every name that's named in the heavens above or in earth below or in the world to come. God taken that lovely one who stooped down so low that even he didn't have a place to be born or a place to die. God exalted him on high and give him a crown of glory under a name above every name. There he sits today, the mighty conqueror, since he rent every veil into. The veil of sin was written to. The veil of sickness was written to. And every veil that kept man away from God was written to. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He broke every power. He scattered every devil. He made a searchlight from glory. And all the old prophet, when he laid down on the, on the bed of stone that night, this pillar of stone, he saw the angels ascending and descending. Notice in the first place it was descending and ascending. But this time it was God and man ascending and descending on the ladder of Jacob, as we would call it, when he broke every power, far every domain, and set to the right hand of the majesty on high, far above everything. The Amen. channel of the Holy Ghost in this dark Amen. world is laying open for whosoever will. Amen. They come and be baptized into this great channel of his blessings and receive the redemptive blessings that he died for. Men and women, how could you turn such a one down? When he's sitting there clothed in his majesty, how he sits in his glory this morning. What do you do? He came here to the world homeless to make a way for homeless men and women. For men and women who has no hope. For men and women who has no place to go. For homeless wonders who are pleasure crazy walking you down the streets today and horse races, gamblings and so forth trying to find a comfort. He made a place for them, every man. And it's just as free as the water runs, whosoever will, let him come. Amen. You can't walk outside of this veil. You've got to come in here to find out. You've got to get here where there's nothing between you and God. Where the angels of God can descend and ascend back and forth, bringing the messages of God back and forth to the individual. Amen. There's nothing between my soul and the Savior, the voice said. There he sets the mighty conqueror. He rent every veil in two. He rent the veil that you could be saved. He rent the veil that if you've committed adultery, if you have cursed, if you've done anything wrong, He rent that veil for you. That stick that Satan holds over you, He rent it if you'll only receive Him. If you're sick today and the doctor says you can't get well, He rent that veil in you and everything is broken before God. He rent every veil. He could die every domain. And He sits there today a mighty conqueror since He rent the veil in you. Look just a minute, my friend. Not only was he then they appeared to Cleopas on his road to Emmaus, him and his friends, but one day, one a little martyr, the first martyr of the Bible, the New Testament, was dying. Little Stephens, because he stood there stern. Brother Stephens had been brought into that channel where he knew God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible said. And when they accused him, and the Sanhedrin course stood there and accused him. And he stood like an angel face, stern, no where he was. And he said to you, man of Israel, begin to speak to him, which one of your fathers hasn't persecuted the prophets? Then he said, you stiff necks, uncircumcised the heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Ghost like your fathers did so to you. 
and to revenge that blood of that righteous martyr who was standing there telling them what was right and wrong. And they, to avenge that blood, they dragged him like a bunch of wolves dragging a lamb. And when they throwed him on the ground and took great big clods of rocks and began to beat him on the head with it like that, little Stephen's being full of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said he looked steadfast towards heaven, raised his hands and said, I see heaven's open. And I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. When a high priest, when any man has finished his works, he sets down. When I quit preaching, I sat down. But not until I quit preaching, when you're working, when you sit down, your work is finished. Jesus sat at the right hand of glory. But when he's seen this first martyr dying for the cause of Christ, the resurrected Lord Jesus thrust back the sky, and he must raise from his throne and give a special welcome to little Stevens to bring him home. There he is. Raised from the dead. His domain reaches from eternity to eternity. He's far above every angel, every principality, everything there is in heaven. Oh, his heavens, his throne is far above the heavens of heaven. God raised him up. St. Paul, when he was still Saul of Tarsus, on his robe with a letter in his pocket to persecute all those people who were shouting and making all that noise down uh, on his way to Damascus. He was riding up on his horse that day with a thread in his own throat. I'll lock every one of them holy rollers up. I'll put a stop to all this divine healing and this nonsense going on here. But on his road down, only riding on his steed, he fell from the horse to the ground. And over he went, he raised up, and there was a big bright light standing before him, and even blinded his eyes, saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus who you persecute. He saw him in his everlasting, endless domain. When the aged old seer John, the beloved, standing out here on the Isle of Patmos for preaching the word of God, for preaching divine healing, for healing the sick, and for doing the things that Christ had told him to do. And they took him out on the Isle of Patmos, a little island out in the Aegean Sea, about 15 miles in circumference around it, full of rocks like an Alcatraz now. Snakes and things laid on the island. He's exiled out there because of preaching the gospel. And when the aged, beloved old seer in his 90th year was sitting out there on a rock one beautiful resurrection morning, he saw him. He saw him. He said, I heard the voice of a trumpet. And when I turned to look behind me, I saw one like the Son of Man. Look the way he looked. He didn't have any. His eyes, they were not full of tears. He says, his eyes shine like the sun in the middle of the day. The middle of the Syrian sun could not outshine his eyes. He looked as he gazed down. No more tears in his eyes. He's glorified this morning. His feet looked like pillars of brass. No more spikes will ever be drove into them. Never a bloody lock, but it was as white as the snow. He's glorified. He lives forevermore. He's a mighty conqueror. His dominion is from everlasting to everlasting. His delegates are those who love him or are willing to die for him. He's raised from the dead this morning and living among us. Do you believe this? Shall we pray? Down from his glory.
the ever-living story. My God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger to his own a stranger, a man of sorrow, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. My life, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my Savior. And all God's fullness dwelleth in him. Our Heavenly Father, when holy times shall fade and fall, when man's kingdoms shall diminish and be no more, when all the, all the sea with ink and ever stalk on earth a quill and all the men ascribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Or could the scroll contain the whole those stretched from sky to sky. Today we're a happy bunch of believers, Father. We are your servants. We're so happy to know yet poor, yet here in a little humble church, you just come in here the same as you did with Cleopius and Am on the road to Emmaus. The place cannot be too humble, too little for you to come, and yet you fill all space and time. Now I wonder today, Heavenly Father, after them hearing you have raised from the dead and knowing that in a few moments a challenge will be made. I pray, Heavenly Father, that if there be men and women in here today, boys or girls, who have never received you as personal Savior, that this they will do now, saying, Lord, I now forsake all my earthly pride. I turn aside everything and give to thee myself. I have nothing to give but myself, but if you can use me, oh God, here I am. And use me, and from this day, henceforth, may the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me and make me a Christian. Oh, God, may that be the prayer of many people here today. While we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wonder if there's someone inside or out would raise your hand to Christ and say, By this uplifted hand, I now believe the Lord Jesus Christ, and I, I accept Him as my personal Savior, and today... From this day henceforth, I'll serve him with all my heart, because he's risen from the dead, and I believe. Would you raise your hand? Anywhere on the inside. God bless you. God bless you. You, sister, you, you, you. That's wonderful. God bless you. Making your decision. The Holy Spirit's there. He's the one who does the work of God. Someone way back in the hall, on the outside. Raise your hand high. God bless you. See you way back. The Lord be with you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. Someone else. God bless you, my sister. Way back in the hall, I'll see you out towards the outside. Some of God sees you. If even if I don't, He sees you. Jesus, that lovely one, that bears the ten thousands. He that come down from heaven, made sin, died, rose again, ascended up, and setting up the majesty of God, now glorified. The angels of God in their positions in the building today, speaking to the hearts of the people. Will you this day, after 25 or 30 has raised your hand, will you be another one to raise your hand and say to God, God, this day I want to be wholly thine as I raise my hand to thee. In confession of my sins and my wrongs, I want to live for you who died for me. God bless you, my brother. Someone else. Think of it while you're praying. The blood of disciples who died for the truth.
church we don't have any members here I want you to come to Christ is dripping our heavenly father thou didst see the hands of the people I pray this prayer of faith for them that from this day henceforth that they will live a new life and may he who is present now who's watched over them fed them done the things that he's done for them and brought them to church this morning now they've received Him. Going back like Cleopius and them, they returned back just in a few moments after it taken them a Sabbath day to journey over. They returned back lighthearted, not to argue their religion, but to know that He lives. May they return to their home today lighthearted to know that He lives. For we ask that in His name, Amen. Now, after the message, and you people have received Christ as your Savior, the great resurrection morning, now the time is at hand that I must either be a false witness or a true witness of Christ. If I have told the truth as I believe this Bible to be the truth, and no other book and anything contrary to this is not the truth, I only believe that this Bible contains the truth of God. Amen. And if this Bible said that He has risen from the dead, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then He's got to be the same in resurrection, got to be the same in power, He's got to be the same in principle, He's got to be the same in every way except a cardinal body. This body, the corporal body, if His is sitting at the right hand of God Almighty in glory. Do you believe that? He's sitting at the right hand of God Almighty in glory, making intercession. Did you ever think of it? That when the children of Israel was in Egypt, they know they were going home someday. Why? Because that they seen Joseph's body laying there, the bones of Joseph. And they know that was a sign that they were going to go home someday. And then when we go out of this earth, when we die and are going into another type of body, that's not the kind of body. We wasn't made for heaven. We were made for earth. We're earthen people. And do you remember in the Bible, the souls are on the altar crying how long? They, they, were, they were crying to get back to a body again. Shake one another's hands and eat and a fellowship. That's what we were made. That's how, what we were made for. And then they have a sign there that they're going back. What is it? The corporal body of the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of God. 
And when we pass by that, if we go today and he don't come for a hundred years, and I meet you there, I'll say, someday we're going back. See there? That body will rise from the throne again. He'll come back to the earth. When he does, every spirit that's born again will come back to a corporal body, young man and woman, and live forever in the presence of God. What a, well, how could we reject such friends? I'm thankful that you have accepted Christ. Now, Jesus, when he was here on earth, before he went away to St. John 14, 7, he said, a little while, or he said here, he said, the things that I do, the works that I, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also. Even more than this shall he do, for I go to my Father. Now, what was the works that Jesus did? He never claimed to be a healer. He said, It's not me. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. St. John five nineteen. He said, The Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. When Philip went and got Nathaniel and brought him to him, he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. He said, How did you know me, Rabbi? He said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I knowed you. A woman at the well that day, he talked to her till he found where her trouble was. He had trouble one day getting uh, some coins to pay for some debt or tribute money. And he told Peter, go down and catch a fish and look in its mouth and you'll find a coin. Perhaps Peter, if he caught the fish otherwise, he'd never open the fish's mouth. But Jesus knew the coin was in its mouth. The Father had shown him. Many other things. He stood in the audience of people. He turned and said, your faith has healed you. You had this certainty. Now, if that Jesus has raised from the dead and this is a beautiful resurrection morning, if he will appear here at the platform, can you, can you appreciate what I'm saying? If Jesus, the Son of God, out of all these 2,000 years of churchanity and everything else, all the scruples in one church saying this is it and this is it and that's it, let's look it right in the face. If he's Jesus, he's alive. If he isn't, he's not. And if he is alive, he's the same. And if he isn't the same, then it's not the same Jesus. But if it's the same Jesus, his promise is, I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. And the things that I do shall you also to the end of the world. Now, how is he here this morning? In the form of the Holy Spirit. No one has come down, but he, no one has gone up, but he that come down. A little while the world sees me no more, he said. Yet you'll see me, for I'll be with you. I'll be in you to the end of the world. And he's sure this morning. Now, how many people inside or out wants to be prayed for? Raise your hands. Well, it's a couple hundred or more. Now, we can't bring all them people up here at once. We have to bring them one by one. The only way we can do it. And I believe that Brother or Billy Paul, I believe, will give you prayer cards. All right. Now, we have to have cards so that people can be numbered to come up and take your turn if you don't cause us a turmoil. I don't know. But what a man called me last night for long distance, which is 30 or 40 calls yesterday afternoon alone. But look, I want to ask you something. The main thing that you want to know, now there's nothing in me that can heal anybody. There's nothing in no other man. There's nothing in a doctor can heal you. He'll tell you the same thing. He don't heal you. No, no. If you broke your arm, say, Doc, heal my arm right quick. I want to finish cranking my car. How silly. See? Well, I say, hey, I broke my leg, Doc. I've got to, I've got to take a long hike this afternoon. Heal it for me right quick. 
Well, he'd say he's crazy. He can set your leg, but it takes God to heal you. See? That's right. He does it in his own way. See? So uh, he's not a healer. He can't heal. What if he cut your hand and say, Hey, Doc, I want you to sew this up right quick for me. Heal it right quick because I don't want that scar on my hand. See? Well, it's sore. i got to work this afternoon. He couldn't do it. Certainly not. He might, he might clean it with some medicine. He might clean the germs out of it. But God is alone can make life and build tissues. And he's the only one who can do it. We know that. You don't have to be a scholar to know that. You just have to look at God's Word. And Satan has no power to heal. I'll give anybody anything they wish that I could do if you'll show me one scripture so that Satan can heal. It's not, I'm the Lord who heals all thy diseases, said Jesus. Now, now they, if Satan can't heal, it takes God. And it's up on the basis of your faith that God heals. Now I want to ask you something. A man called me, as I said yesterday, and he said, Brother Branham, I want to come to the Chicago meeting over at the uh, begins day after tomorrow. He said, I, I want to come to, and I want to make contact. I said, what contact do you mean, sir? So said, I want my brother healed. said, he's got a bad leg, and said, we live in the country, and said, we've been two or three meetings, and we never could contact you. And I said, now, what do you mean by contact, brother? He said, well, I mean this. And I, I, I want you to do something for my brother. I said, well, now, sir, you're trying to contact the wrong person. See? I said, uh, contact with me would be see the manager and uh, see what. But I said, that isn't healing your brother. He, I said, do you mean a contact for his healing? He said, yes. I said, now, here's how you do that. You go to the meeting. You sit down out in the audience. And then I'm just his servant. I just yield myself to it, to the Holy Spirit. Then you make contact with the Holy Spirit and He speaks to me and tells me what to tell you. See, That's your contact, not me, Him. As long as you're trying to contact me, you're just off all the time. See, But as long as you try to contact Him, you contact Him and He just uses me for a mouthpiece to tell you. See, That's it. Brother Head, I see you sitting back there by my friend Mr. Lee. Mr. Head was a dying man with cancer. He belonged to the Roman Catholic Church in Louisville, dying with a cancer in the rectum, I believe it was, or something. And he came to me over here one day when I lived across the street and asked if there was mercy for him to be healed. Prayed a prayer of faith there in the Lord, showed a vision. And Mr. Head, I guess that's been at least ten years ago, hasn't it? About nine years ago. And here he is living today. Healing is real, isn't it, Mr. Head? He don't care who you heal. He'll heal Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, whatever you are. It don't make any difference. He heals. Now, you just believe. I just happened to see him. I wonder if Margie Morgan's in the building this morning. If she would, raise your hand. Margie, did you get in? Are you here, sis? Well, way back in the back. Yep. Another woman, a nurse out here at the hospital, on the dead list in Louisville with cancer. And she's healed right there. Just that but a bunch of bones. There she is. Poor girl can't even get a place to sit down. And she's way back standing in the hall back there this morning. How, how remember how that the doctor said, Oh my, there's nothing can help her. How our dear husband, a bosom friend of mine, come right out here and I was ragged, coming tearing through them thickets on patrol. Said, Can anything help my wife? I said, It's not for me to think, sir. What about you? He said, I believe. I said, Bring her over. Right here where she was prayed for that night, the Lord came down and told her what was going to happen and that's been years ago here she is today a strong healthy woman and go to the cancer research in Louisville and find out if she was she didn't die about 10 or 12 years ago see if she there's a dead woman raised then back there <laughs> certainly oh Jesus lives Jesus reigns Jesus is all now would you start from 1 to 100 
from one to a hundred. Right. Uh, who has prayer card number one? Would you stand right up here on the side? We kind of left. You're, you got prayer cards. We'll have to line you all up, but we've, we'll, we'll line up over here on this side. I don't know. I've never seen her. She's somebody's mother, perhaps. I don't know her. Now, this is just the same as it was when Jesus sat by that well that day and sent the disciples away. Now, Jesus talked to her, and when He spoke to her, He said, uh, bring me a drink. And she said, the well's deep and you have nothing to draw with. And we don't have any customs with one another, Jews and Samaritans. He said, but you know who He was talking to. You'd ask me for a drink. And so the conversation went on. And she talked about worship and so forth. Then after He talked to her a while, He found where her trouble was. Is that right? How many knows that? He found what was wrong with that woman. And her, her wrong was immoral living. Is that right? He said, go get your husband. She says, I don't have any. He said, that's right. You got five. Now watch what he, she said. Now listen to what she said. She said, sir, closely, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. She said, now listen, but we know that when the Messiah cometh, who was Messiah? The Son of God. She said, we know when the Messiah cometh, He'll tell us these things. But who are you? Jesus said, I'm He that speaks to you. And then she ran into the city and said, come see a man who told me what I did. Isn't this the very Christ? When Christ comes, He'll do these things. Now listen, for this last quotation... If that what the woman said, we know that when the Messiah cometh, He'll do these things. Now, if that was the sign of the Messiah then, and if He was the Messiah, and He's raised from the dead, isn't it the same thing today if He is the same? Now, here's the woman. I don't know. God knows that. I don't know one thing. I've never seen a woman in my life as far as I know. She's a stranger. But God knows her. Now the woman's here for something. I don't know. She might have a loved one she's standing for. She might have financial troubles. She might have a sickness. She might be a sinner and come here to be saved. I don't know. But if Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, will come down here and tell this woman something that she knows that I know nothing about, Will you, audience, believe that that same Jesus that raised on that day is here and He he, he is breaking the bread to you like He did to them at Emmaus? Now, now, sister, I want to look at you just a minute. I want you to talk to me. Now, may the Lord do it. Now, I wish you would be real reverent now during the time of this especially in this, this line. Now, don't say, this is my hometown. It's been two times since I've been in the ministry that it's worked here at the tabernacle. Why? Jesus said that a prophet in his own country among his own people is not without is the only place he was without honor. Is that right? When he went to his own country, they said, Who is this guy anyhow? What school did he come out of? See? And Jesus could not do many mighty works because of their Unbelief. said, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother here with us? Isn't Joseph the carpenter? Isn't his brothers and sisters here with us? Where did he get this? What church does he belong to? He didn't belong to any of them. said, well, when did he get this wisdom? And Jesus made that statement. And it will be the same thing today. And he said, a prophet from then will be without honor except among his own. Not you people here, but it's the environment of Jeffersonville. 
where I was raised up. Everyone knows all my good and bad points and everything. Most of them's bad, I'm sorry. But Jesus knows, don't know it. God doesn't. Jesus taking it all away, so God don't know nothing about it. He put them in a sea of forgetfulness when I confessed them 23 years ago, and He don't know no more about it now, does He? So it's, it's, it's God's blessing. Now, I want to talk to our sister. Now, lady, this audience is a great thing. Here's two or three hundred people or whatever it is here this morning. And uh, you and I being strange to each other, not knowing one another, never seeing one another as far as I know. But you, you have seen me. I've been in your meetings, you just don't recognize me. Yeah, where was you at a meeting at? Down in Kentucky. Down in Kentucky. And well, I mean, I don't know who you are. You don't know me personally or no, nothing right. about my affairs or anything like that. Now, can you hear the lady all of you? I know nothing about her affairs. She was in one of my meetings in Kentucky. There we are then, perfect strangers to one another. Now, if the Lord Jesus, if I can get myself yielded to the Holy Spirit, and He can tell me something about this woman, or what she's here for, whatever it is, like the woman at the well or so forth, all of His promise that you'd believe. Now, lady, you in the wheelchair, do you believe that? Will you, Sister Edith? Will you ever who the little lady is can't get up over here? Will you believe, Sister, with all your heart? See? Now, Will all of you in here got sicknesses of all kinds? Will you believe? Now, then if you do that, then you touch Him. See, you could touch me all day. It wouldn't make a bit of difference. See, you come touch me and I wouldn't know it. But you just touch Him once and watch Him turn around and tell you about it. See? Just touch Him one time with faith. It's not, I'm not the one that's raising the dead. He's the one raising the dead. See? And I'm just His servant. Now, be real reverent. Look this way. In a few minutes, ought to prove it beyond any shadow of doubt. Now, sister, us being strange, I say to each other, speaking, you're seeing I'm having a battle to get myself yielded to the Spirit. That's exactly right, because it's home. It's here in a tabernacle. It just doesn't work the way it should work. And um, But God knows all things. He can do all things. If God will reveal to me what you're here for, will you accept your whatever it is? If you're here for sickness, you accept your healing. If you're here for finances, whatever it is, it'll be a supernatural act on now, now in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I take every spirit in here under my control. The woman is moving from. Yes, she's not from here. She comes from somewhere else. A humble home. And she she's suffering and she's shadowed. She's shattered by death. And it's a cancer. That's right. But only God alone can make you well. You know that. It's um, on the bosom or the breast. Cancer on the breast. I see him examining it. That's right, lady. And you on your road here was praying that you would be able to come up here where I was. Before you left, you prayed to that extent that you'd be able to come to this platform. That is right. I'm not reading your mind. That is true. And when you turned there and the sun shined into that window on you, you know that when God was speaking to you, let you kind of have a faith that you know you get this prayer. And here you are. You're on the platform this morning. That is right. I'm not reading your mind. 
But that's true. Now, if that's true, raise up your hand. Now, do you believe? Do you believe in the audience? Now, have faith in you. Come in. Now, look. There's something here that you're in the presence of now that you know it's not a man. It's not your breath. There's something here that knows you. Isn't that right? Knows all about you. Now, it's your attitude towards that. Do you believe that was Jesus Christ who permitted me to do that? And you do. Do you believe then that God will heal you? Bow your head. Our kind Heavenly Father, Thou art the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. And this poor woman here under this dark shadow of death, knowing that she must go soon, if you don't touch her, and here she is this morning, walking around here in this building with the resurrected Lord Jesus abroad in the world, walking around among the flowers and the people today, alive forevermore, and speaking through His servants, trying through the Word, then through prophecy, to reveal the secret of the woman's heart, that she might know that He loves her. And Father, as His servant, I put my hands upon her and condemn this evil that it leaves her in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I go believing, and if you can believe with all your heart, it's gone from you now. Now, if you can believe, because it's all light around you. See where it was dark. Now, if you can believe with all your heart, it'll never come to you again. Go give it praise and you'll set like them people back there who had cancer and is alive now. You'll be alive with them. Amen. Do you believe? Everyone. Just be faithful. Believing. Don't doubt. But have faith. God knows all things. He can do all things. Now, our sister here, of course, to me, is a stranger. Is that right, lady? We're stranger. You've been to our tabernacle twice while I was preaching here. Of course, I wouldn't know, you know. I don't know. You're just strange to me. Now, do you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here to help you? Do you believe the message I preached of Him out of the Bible? And you believe that if He was here now... And he had on this suit that he gave me, and he'd say, um, "Have faith in God. Be real reverent. Stand quiet. Be reverent." If if he had on this suit that he gave me, and you come and say you were sick, I don't know what you are, but say if you were sick, and he'd say, um. Uh, you'd say, Lord Jesus, will you heal me? You know what he'd say to you? He'd say, child of mine, I did that when I died for you and rose for your justification. Do you believe that? He can't do it no more. He's already done it once, you see. Like he saved you when he died. Now he rose, and then you, uh, for your justification, same thing for your sickness. Now, but he might be able to tell you something about yourself like he did the woman. That's the only thing left that he could do. See, he never left us without a witness. He put the witness here, the Holy Spirit, to continue witness for us. Is that right? Now, you are you're not from here. You're from another place. That's right. Hilly country. 
That's right. A lot of hardwood and things. Perhaps Kentucky. That's right. And you come here for a purpose. And I see in your home you're very nervous, upset. Yes, get nervous. Can't hold yourself together. That's a horrible thing. I see you walking back and forth doing something like that from the kitchen to the other room all the time. Going back and forth to get real nervous. That's especially in the afternoon when you get real weak. That is right. You know something here it knows you, don't you? It's infallible. That's right. That's true, isn't it? Now, what's standing here will let me know what you're doing in your home. There's somebody here is more than a man. That's Jesus. That's right. And I see you've got something inwardly. It's growth inside of you. That's right. And you've got one that's external. That's right. And it's under your arm. It's a knot. It's under your right arm. That is right. Isn't that right? <laughs> you believe? You believe you raised me dead? Come here. Dear God, upon this our beloved sister, we condemn the diseases of her body and let her go home to be a well person. This we do in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Now go rejoicing. Be happy. Believe with all your heart. And God will do for you the exceedingly. Little lady looking at me. Little pink coat on wearing glasses, dark hair. She has a wonderful contact of the Spirit at this time. She's suffering with a scientist's trouble that's bothering her. That's right, lady. You have the pink coat on there. That's right. Have faith. Believe. See what I mean? You don't need to be here. You need to be there. Have faith. How do you do, lady? You believe with all your heart? with all your soul and all your mind. You're extremely nervous too. Yes, ma'am. You got a trouble to actually be with a lady at, at your age, which makes you nervous. But you also have a growth in you. And that growth is in the stomach. Then you have a little trouble with your side. It's your liver. And you have on the other side a kidney trouble. That's as the doctor said so. so that's, that's, right. that's what he told you, isn't it? Now, do you believe you're going to be well? I do. Something struck you, didn't it? That was His healing power. You can believe it. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, I pray You heal the woman make her well. Amen. God bless you, lady. Don't doubt. Have faith and believe. Everyone should believe Him. That's right, Sister Woods. I ain't going to say, of course, you know I know, see. Have faith. But you have no more tumor. That's right.
sit there weeping there, praying about your eyes, wasn't you? Sitting right here with the brown suit on. Yeah. You're believing now, aren't you? You're just praying to God, oh God, let me be in too. Is that right? That's right, raise up your hand. May I say to you this, you believe that God can reveal to me the secret of your heart? You believe it? You're wanting something from God too besides your eyes healing. You want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's right. Raise up your hand. All right, you can receive it now. May the Lord Jesus give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, I'm not reading her mind. No, no. No. That's not that. Don't say that. That's the Holy Ghost. She wasn't... She's just kind of getting herself in the Spirit of God. You have faith. Believe. How do you do, lady? We're strangers to each other. God doesn't doesn't keep secrets. He can reveal secrets. And we being strangers one to another, don't know each other, never seen one another, I guess, in life. But God knows us both. He's fed us both. And here you are sitting here, woman, me, a man. And here we're, you're a Christian believer, and you, uh, and you, of course, your spirit feels welcome. You actually believe. And, um, of course, you're wearing glasses. I see that. Anyone would know there's something wrong with your eyes. You wouldn't have glasses on. Maybe he'll show me something else that's wrong. I don't know that he will. I have to ask him. But if he will, will you accept it? Will the audience accept him? Yes, ma'am. You also have a growth. And you're up for an operation. I see the doctor says you must be operated on. He's looking at your tongue. The growth's on your tongue. That's right. That's right. In your body. That is true. Now, do you believe he's here? You believe that he can take the life out of that and it'll go away? Come here. Oh, God, author of life, giver of eternal life. Give thy blessings to this woman who I bless in thy name. For I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, lady. Go believing now. Having faith. I see a vision here before me. It's a lady, and she's got a girl with her. The woman's got a diabetes, and the little girl has hurt her arm. She fell off of a bed or something and hurt her arm. That person's present. Amen. There you are. Raise up your arm, honey. There it is. It's all over now. Your faith touched him. Amen. How can I be reading your mind looking this way and empty my bag? You're all right now. It don't hurt now, does it, honey? It's all gone now. Go be well. Let's say praise the Lord. If thou canst believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who raised up the dead, He does whatever He wishes to. He's the Almighty One. 
My, I can't get the people on a platform. They're in the audience. Now your faith is moving, right? Such Woods, I thought it was to you, but it's that man sitting by you there. You believe with all your heart? Comes from Michigan to be healed from Sturgis, Michigan. And that's right. I've never seen you in my life, but that's right. All right, go home and be well now. Your faith will make you well. Oh, how wonderful. Why can't you believe Him? You, the tabernacle. You watch these things for years come and go. Don't you have faith? That's your husband praying for you, lady. Ryan, he's trying to contact God. You are too. You got a prayer card to come in this line here. If you believe what I tell you, you're praying, wasn't you, sir? If you believe, you won't have to. Your nerves will give away on you. Can't sleep at night. In a terrible shape. You're not from here either. You've come from the north coming south. You come from a big city where a river runs through the city. Right. Oh, you've been a long time this way, haven't you, lady? And you've been healed once too. A cancer or something. That's right, some kind of a condition that was with you and God made you well. Now you have you call preachers and things to pray for you and things like that to make yourself rest at night. You come from Fort Wayne. Right. You believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ make you well? You believe that His power will now heal you? You've got to take a hold quickly, sister. If you will, with all your heart, Jesus Christ will make you well. Brother Woods, lay your hand over on that lady sitting there. Oh, God, raised up Jesus from the dead. The devil has bound this poor woman. Troubles, on top of troubles. Her poor husband. Oh, Father, I pray that in Jesus' name, if their faith could contact you, God, I pray that you'll dismiss that condition from her body just now. And may from this very hour, may she be healed and made well. Oh, God, in Jesus Christ's name, I rebuke that devil and give the woman faith to believe in the Son of God. And to leave this tabernacle this morning with both hands in the air, rejoicing and praising God. Through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. God bless you, sis. Call over. All right, right, wrong, wrong. That's right. Amen. Have faith in God. If thou canst believe, said Jesus, there's a dark spirit. It hangs in the corner to my left. The person sitting back there suffering with epilepsy over in the corner. Raise up, sir. Got black hair. Do you believe Jesus Christ make you well? All right, then go. May Christ make you well. 
Your faith will do it if you'll believe. Have faith in God. Here, watch if you'll believe. Have faith in God. Can you believe? Any of the rest of you look this way and believe. If you can believe with all your heart, you can receive what you ask for. Here sits a man sitting right here on the outside road, way back towards the back. He's suffering with headaches. He isn't from this country. He come from Montana. He's a light-headed man. He's wearing glasses. Got his hand up now. That's right, sir. Migraine headache. That's a beautiful country you come from. I've hunted in that country. May you return home in a headache and the steel forgetfulness. Migraine of the headache. Leave you, my brother. Go and be made well through Jesus' name. What's the matter, you Jeffersonville people? Can't you have faith? I'm your brother. Have faith in God. Believe. You believe, lady? I'm a stranger to you. You believe, sir? You're not from here either. You're Mohai. She's Mohai too. Right. You're from Hamilton. Right. Mr. Allen, you can go home and be well. <laughs> you have your hearing. Amen. You say, why did I know his name? Didn't the Lord Jesus tell Peter his name was, he was named was Cephas, he should be called Peter, a little stone? Certainly he knows your name. He knows where you're from, all about you. Hallelujah. That Brian tried to go away from him. Lord Jesus, make you well and bless you. Heal. Do you believe he's here now to make you everyone well? Someone's praying for a child. The little girl's got a rupture on the navel. That's right, sister. Amen. What more do you want? Jesus, the Son of God, is here. He's raised from the dead. You, sir, standing back there, got prostate trouble, real nervous. You believe that God will make you well, heal you? All right, sir. Your faith heals you. You can go home now and be well. You don't have a prayer card, do you? No prayer card. All right, you don't have to have. You don't need any prayer card. You need faith. Do you believe Him? He's raised from the dead. He's here. This is Easter, the resurrection. How many wants to be healed? Will you do what I tell you? 
If God lets me know the things that's in your life and the things you have done, who you are, where you come from, all about you, if that isn't the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what is? Certainly it is. Diabetes, arthritis. You believe Jesus Christ make you well? If thou canst believe, you can receive. Have faith in God. Now the Holy Spirit tells me, the angel of God who's appeared here at this platform, the one who made his first appearance on the river down here among you people, the one who's telling me, he's here now. And he's proved that he's arisen from the dead. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Your healing is in God's hand. He's already did it. And how many of you believe that Jesus is now going to make you well, that your faith is sufficient now to say, I believe, Lord. Brother Brennan, if you'll pray for me, I'll be healed right now if you'll pray for me. Will you do it? Raise your hand. Then I'll show you the glory of God. Amen. Believe me, people. I'm your brother. I've been raised up here among you. Not one time has it failed, and it never will fail. I'm telling you now. The Holy Ghost is moving through this building like a misting fire moving around on the audience. It's here to heal you. It's here to give you faith if you will accept it. Now put your hands over on each other. Oh, God, our kind Heavenly Father, I pray that in Jesus Christ's name that your Spirit will move over this audience just now and heal every person in divine presence. May the Holy Ghost take away all this blackness of Jeffersonville that hangs over this audience. And may He sweep His glory across this building and heal every person here in Jesus Christ's name. Now with your heads bowed. With your heads bowed, say this to God. God, say it out loud. God, I now believe. Nothing more you can do, Lord. You've proved by your word. You've proved by your signs. You've proved by your Bible. You've proved by your servant. You're here. And now I believe. Now I accept my healing. I believe right now that I have faith and God has made me well. And from this hour, I'm going from this tabernacle rejoicing, praising you for my healing. In Jesus' name. Now with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Now think this. Oh God, now you're coming into me. I feel your presence. I know you're moving into my soul right now. You're here, Lord Jesus. I'm like Cleopius. I've walked with you a long time. I didn't realize it's this way, Lord. But here you've done something right here in the building and proved to me that you're the same Jesus you've raised from the dead. And I believe you. I believe you, Lord, that you're right here now with me. And I'm being healed right now. I feel stronger. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. My strength's coming to me. The cancer, the diseases are leaving me. And I'm coming to Christ right now with your heads bowed. 
Keep her rejoicing. Keep praying while the pastor keeps leading in prayer.